This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. But tonight's Bible study, as you can see, is what does the Bible say about the enemy? Do you know who the enemy is? <laughs> I think we all do, don't we? Now, this verse is not, I did not give this to the guys back there, but I was looking, thinking about this today as I was looking at it. You know, Matthew uh, 5.44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good unto them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I got news for you. That verse doesn't apply to the devil. <laughs> that doesn't apply to love, loving the devil. He is your enemy, though. And I can tell you that if you're a child of God, he's a, he is your enemy and he may seem to be your friend. He may act like he is in different ways in your life, but I guarantee you tonight we'll find out a lot of things about him that I think the Bible uh, is very clear on, and we need to, to look at those tonight. You know, there are even people that don't want to profess that there is a devil. They, they would just rather say, well, I believe in God, but I don't think there's no such thing as, as Satan. But I guarantee you, just like there is a God, just like there is a Holy Spirit, just like there is Jesus, there is a real enemy that's in this world today. And most of the time, he's commonly referred to as Satan. Now, Ephesians 6.12, I want to look at that verse for just a minute and realize what it says. For we wrestle not. You know, that word wrestle there means evidently we're in a tangle. We're, we're, we're fighting already. And so it's not, not like we abide by or we get along with, but we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, and high places, and all of those things in that verse, Satan is in charge of those things. He's in charge of principalities. He has the power to work against us, and the darkness of this world, he's filled, he's in that, he's, he's in against spiritual wickedness. And so we, that's something that we need to realize we are always in a battle. We're always wrestling. We're always in a fight with him. That's why we have to stay prayed up. That's why we have to rely upon the Lord and uh, realize that we cannot fight these things on our own. But we have to fight them through the Lord and let him fight our battle. According to this verse, there is a battle that's always going on. And uh, you may think, well, my day went pretty good. Well, Count, count yourself blessed because tomorrow may be a different story. <laughs> you know, and then there are other people that would say, boy, I wish he'd go and bother someone else for a while and leave me alone. <laughs> and so it, it is a battle and we are, we are all fighting different battles. And, and I realize that every battle is not from Satan. And I don't want to want to get, uh, you give you that idea. There, there are battles I think that we can have on our own and things that we have brought on ourselves, or maybe even God's putting us through some, some tests. But most of the time, 
we'll find that there are many battles that Satan is is doing to us. And as we battle these things, uh, we must realize in our own flesh that we are weak as compared to uh, battling these type of things that are influenced by Satan. So I want to try to give you some, some real biblical facts about him. I know some of these you may know, but I think you'll find some of these very, uh, very good. And I know though, those of you that are watching at home don't have an outline, but they do put the scriptures up there. And if you'll maybe just jot down some of these points and, uh, so that you'll have them to go back and look and look at later on. Now, as far as his names that we hear him called in the Bible, and number one, I put a list of these names include Abaddon, Apollyon, Beelzebub, Bilal, Satan, Lucifer, Prince of Devils. And so I didn't make up those names, and that's why I give you these scriptures here to see a few of them. Matthew 12, 24 we see one of these names that, that are proclaimed there. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub. And notice what it said, the prince of devils. So we have not only the name Beelzebub, but we have also the definition there is the prince of devils. And so we find that that is definitely one of his names. Ephesians 2 in verse number two, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Now notice this, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The prince of the power of the air. So that tells me, and we'll see a little bit later on, that he is walking to and fro. He is all around he is the prince of the power of the air. No wonder many people are under his influence. No wonder they, they come in contact with things that, that go along with him. Because of this, this definition here, this prince of the power of the air. Now also, uh, we know then that uh, he's the prince of this world. John 15, 30. John 15, 30, we see here that hereafter I will not talk much about you, with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. The prince of this world. So we, we realize that he is definitely all around us. Now, another great uh, verse in the scripture that def defines him is Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Isn't that an interesting definition of him? Not only we have the word Lucifer, but we have the son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? And again, we'll come back to that later on as far as his influence on the nations that are around the world as well. So he has many names. He's called by many of these names. And, uh, but of course, some of them are a little, we're a little bit more familiar with and we hear more often. Now, when I was talking about, uh, angels, remember we did that second study on, 
on angels. And number two says, he is a cherub. And that was one of the, the kinds of angels that we talked about. Ezekiel 28, 14. I've, I always found this interesting, and I think you will as well when it talks about this. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So if you go back and remember a little bit what we talked about the cherub, cherub will have at least two wings. And they remember back all the way in Genesis when God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden, he put those cherubs there to protect uh, the garden after they had sinned and protecting the tree of life. So yes, he was or is, possibly still is a cherub, but of course he is a fallen angel. And we know that from the scriptures and we'll We'll get to that as well. Number three, he was in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Oh, yeah. He was in there. Ezekiel 28, 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the Garden of God. So uh, it, it defines him. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the burl, the onyx, the jasper, sapphire, the emerald, carbuncle and gold, the workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Quite a created being that this person is, no doubt. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about why he was originally created, what his a job was to do, but because he decided to lift himself above God, and thought he was greater than God or equal to God, he was cast out of heaven. But all the way back there in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve, uh, God had created that beautiful place and, and placed them there in the garden, and boy, look what happened. He decided to come on the scene there, and he decided to tempt Eve. He decided to, and things went downhill from there. So uh, you can always... Uh, Remember that when the devil comes on the scene in the situation, things are not going to be good. But I'm glad we have the power of God with us. And I'm glad we can plead the blood. I'm glad we can do some things. We don't have to be sit there and be, uh, be run over by him, be taken in by him, but we can, we can certainly trust the Lord. Now, number four, another interesting thing about Satan is he knows the word of God. That's right. He knows it. And back in that uh, scripture of Genesis 3, 1, we find here, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said. So he is supposedly quoting God's word. Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He knew what God had said so that he could get Eve to doubt, first of all, what she was to do to obey God. You know, doesn't he do the same thing to us today? If he can get folks to doubt God's word, doubt what God has said. I mean, we have God's word, we read it, but do we believe it? Do we trust in it? 
do we, do we say, yes, I know that this is true. This is God's word. Well, you know, Satan comes along. I don't know. You know, that's pretty, that's pretty strange. I don't, I don't know if you can believe that or not. And, and folks will begin to do that. Boy, you're going through some things and God has, isn't with you and he isn't helping you. And, and boy, we, you know, whatever he can do to get us to doubt God, that's what he do. And that's what he did back then. Now, number five, he was a beautiful creature created by God. And this is what I was talking about just a little while ago to make music for him. That was his job. It goes back to Ezekiel 28, 13. We looked at some of that. Let's look at it again. Not only was he in the garden, not only did he have all these beautiful coverings, but when you see the workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. And that word pipes there is talking about that his, his ability to make music whether it was making the music through singing or, or I don't know, any, you know, some other kind of music, but he was actually created to make music for God. And, of course, uh, he things changed with him. Look at the Ezekiel 28, 17. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. So we know, back at that other verse, I mean, when you think about the covering of him, compared to all of these beautiful stones, all this beautiful uh, workmanship around him. And so he's thinking to himself, hey, I've got a lot of beauty with me. I'm a good-looking person here. <laughs> and that lifted himself up, and thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by re reason of thy brightness. So God said, I will cast thee down to the ground. And I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. So he, he had no place with God when he came to that point where he had risen himself up and decided, you know what? I'm a beautiful created creature here and I'm able to, to do anything that I want to do. And I'm, I'm the brightest thing around and people are, are looking at me and people are, you know, and he just got to that point. God said, hey, I don't need you up here. I don't need that. So he was cast out of there. The idea, you see, and now today, how many times do we hear people have the idea that Satan is this ugly, red, pitchfork-carrying creature? You know, that, that's the idea that, we, that, that the world has painted him to be, it's sort of like. And he's not that. Uh, those images, I was looking at studying that, they were created from older literature, uh, from a poems uh, that had no biblical teaching at all. Mostly they were incorporated by Catholic doctrine, and that greatly influenced the writer to, to come up with these type of pictures and these type of uh, ideas of what Satan looked like. Now, they need to go back to the Bible again and realize, hey, he, he had all of these things going for him. It didn't say that God took away those things. It said he cast him out. So uh, we need to realize that it is a, a whole different creature. And I think today that maybe, you know, a lot of times folks are thinking, well, 
Satan's not going to influence me because I know what that ugly creature was going to be. Well, he's not going to come like that. He's going to come as a, many times as a, as a friend to someone. And many times he'll come offering many wonderful things to people. So uh, we need to realize uh, he definitely has a, a strange game going with individuals on this earth. Number six, he was perfect until he sinned. How do we know that? Ezekiel twenty-eight fifteen, Thou was perfect and in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. A perfect individual. Perfect. In all of his ways. And yet, there came a time when he decided he was too perfect. He decided that he was as perfect as God was. And so, of course, God took care of that. Number seven, he was proud and thought himself God. So we really get down to what his problem was, what came about as far as getting him cast out of there. Isaiah 14 and verse number 13, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set upon the mount of the congregation on the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Boy, look at this. I will be like the Most High. I mean, he had it figured out, didn't he? He has decided, not only I see here that he says, I've got a throne, and I'm going to exalt myself above God. I'm going to be above God. I'm going to, I'm going to do all of these things that put me above who God is. Ezekiel 28, 2, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, and not God, though thou hast set thy heart as the heart of God. King Tyrus was likened unto Satan in this particular verse. And, you know, what a lesson it is really for all of us that we can never get, we should never get to a point where we exalt ourselves and try to make ourselves above God and anything that he's doing in our life. We, we need to be thankful that God is with us. God helps us. And we're a needy people. We need him every day. And no matter how much I'm blessed physically, financially, or any other way, it's no reason for me to exalt myself and say, look what I've done. Because I, I'm a firm believer in this. God can take it away just as good as, just as easy as he blessed me with it. And, it. and it has happened and it will happen. Now, he was thrown out of heaven. We saw some of that, Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, Son of the morning. Remember, we saw that definition. How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? So when we see the, the wording of fallen, cast out, uh, those are, uh, are words that, that mean just thrown out of heaven, thrown out of that situation. 
Ezekiel 28, 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. So it goes back to that definition of the covering cherub. So no matter what, what his covering is, no matter what he is like, he's going to be thrown out and thrown down, cast out as well. Luke 10, 18, he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So all of these are references that we see the casting out and falling down. Revelation 12, 9, and that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. And I like this, his angels were cast out with him. So when you wonder where the demons come from, those are the ones that decided they're going to follow Satan. Isn't it amazing someone lift themselves up, try to lift themselves up above God? And no doubt he had in his mind, you know what? I'm going to have some people following me too. I got some people going along with this idea. So I've got an idea that we're going to rebel against God. I'm, we're going to lift, I'm going to lift myself up above God, put my throne above God, and I'm going to have my own throne and own angels. I'm going to have all of that. And we're going to take care of God. <laughs> and little did he know, God said, no, I'm going to take care of you. So he was cast down along with his ones that were following him as well. Now, what about what happens to him after he's cast down? And we've talked about he's the prince of the power of the air. We know that he's going about trying to do evil. He's trying to reach others with evil. But what does he also do? He also can make a trip back up and appear before God. He can appear before him. And we know that from the uh, story of Job, and uh, so number nine is he has appeared before God. Job chapter one and verse number six. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And look at this. Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. That's what, he, that's what his job is doing. That's where he's at. That's what he's doing. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth either? You think he knew who Job was? He most certainly did. He'd been watching him, and he had been keeping an eye just like he keeps an eye on a lot of us and watches us as well. And he knows when we're wanting to live for the Lord. But we find that he has appeared before God. God allowed him to come back up there and appear before him. And, of course, they have this conversation. Uh, <clears throat> number 10, and I've touched on this a couple of times already in our study, Satan could provoke 
nations. He can provoke nations. And he has really uh, provoked Israel many times. Uh, He tried to get David to number Israel against God's wishes and God's command. 1 Chronicles 21.1, Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. So we find that he is uh, always, I believe, trying to have an effect on nations as a whole. And that's why I think many things that are happening in our world today that are especially involving uh, nations, other nations, I believe Satan is behind many of, behind much of that. And, you know, whatever he can do to bring another nation against another nation, another country against another country, I believe he will do that. And, and I've often, I've had a lot of people uh, ask me, do you think some of the things that we're seeing that are just getting people all stirred up and get people everything going against each other and all this type of thing. Do you you think Satan's behind it? I really do. I really do. He's trying to provoke these things. And we stand back and think, well, no, that's just something that somebody come up with. Really? I think many times it's something that Satan is behind. And he's gotten these things going, got them stirred up. And he will continue to do that. Isaiah 14, 12, we also saw that verse, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, thou art cut down from the ground. But then I like that very last part of that verse. It says, which didst weaken the nations. So that is his job to try to weaken the nations. Now, if, if we proclaim to be a nation under God, do you think Satan likes that? <laughs> no. So even our own America, we've seen go downhill. We've seen the the morals. We've seen the decay. We've seen the things that are happening in our land that I never thought I'd see. And when I step back and wonder, well, what made us get to this point? I believe this fellow right here had a lot to do with it. He's weakening the nations. And he he will continue to do that as well. Now, Number 11, it it sounds amazing that he would even do this. Satan could tempt even Jesus. And I didn't put this verse in in the outline because we have covered it uh, so many times, other times. And you know the story of the temptation of Jesus in Luke chapter 4. And how he came even to Jesus and thought, hey, I will tempt him. I will get him to do something that I want him to do. Isn't it amazing to think he would have an influence enough on Jesus, the Son of God? But what made me think about that more than anything is if he thinks he can tempt Jesus, what do you think he's going to try to do to you and me? So we don't need to stand back in our godly righteousness. We think sometimes, I say, well, you know what? He's not going to bother me. He's not going. He's not going to get me to do anything different. He's not going to tempt me with anything. You better watch out. You better look out. Be careful, because I believe if he he will try to do that, he will certainly even try to do the same thing to us. Well, we're going to stop here tonight. It's about halfway through 
this outline, and uh, we'll pick up at uh, number 12 and some great things that we will continue to see that he is doing. And not only that, but we'll see the end result of him. I'm glad, I'm glad I know the back of the book. Amen. <laughs> I'm glad that I know what's going to happen when it's all said and done. He's not going to get the victory. We got the victory through Jesus. And I'm thankful for that tonight. Amen. Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.